Hi, I'm Chris Shaffrey, the president of the AANS, and I want to invite you to Boston for our annual meeting, which is going to be held on April 25th through 29th, 2020. The theme of the meeting is the world of neurosurgery. It's going to be an exciting, informative, compelling meeting, and I strongly encourage you all to attend. Welcome to the Neurosurgery Podcast. I'm Mike Wang, and I'm here with my co-host, Jake P. Colson. We are here to discuss all things neurosurgical. Hi, this is J.P. Colson, a resident in neurosurgery at Rush University. Please note that this is not a CME event, and the opinions and statements made in this podcast do not reflect those of any institution or professional organization. Now, let's get started. Great. Uh, so, we are delighted to have back with us today Rick Komatar. Uh, Rick is uh, very distinguished in the world. He's actually had the most listens of any podcast we've had, and he's about to break a thousand, I think. There you go. So pretty badass, but um, thanks for coming back on. Absolutely. Happy to be back. Love the team. Love the uh, topic of today. It's something that's near and dear to me. Yeah, so um, so today we're going to talk about something that, that you brought up, which which we got to a little bit on the first episode with you, which is about sports and its relationship to neurosurgeons and neurosurgery, right? Correct. I, um, I, always, I always thought that uh, sports were very connected with not only uh, medicine in general, but definitely surgical specialties, um, and in particular, um, residency training. Uh, and so there's multiple ways to look at this. I would say that um, I think that the that the initial connection between sports and surgical specialties comes with the fact that it's a technical discipline uh, and you have to learn particular moves and there's muscle memory involved. So um, I feel like there's a lot of parallels between sports and neurosurgery in the sense that you're always trying to perfect your technique. Um, There's always ways to make it better, just like if you're a pitcher in baseball, you know, perfecting your slider, your curveball, getting that muscle memory down uh, is very similar to any surgical specialty when you're learning to do different maneuvers, be it spine or cranial or any surgical specialty. Uh, There's that manual dexterity and that muscle memory that you have to perfect. So um, I think there's definitely a crossover. So tell us about you in sports first, right? So we have some context. So you're a baseball player, right? Yeah, I I played baseball uh, in high school, and then I played baseball in college at Duke University. And what position did you play? I played center field. Okay, okay. So you you were playing... You know, at the highest level before professional, basically, right? Yeah, I mean, it was Division One. Duke wasn't. Uh, they were. They were in the ACC, which is obviously a phenomenal uh, conference. But they were, you know, held their own, probably five hundred. Okay. Okay. JP, yeah. how about you? I actually played baseball as a kid myself uh, up through high school, and then uh, I actually transitioned over to fencing. Um, ah, okay. Took up, took up fencing for competitive sport. Mm-hmm. Did some weightlifting and running just to kind of okay. stay in shape. So that's very different. Fencing is like sort of a one-on-one. What, what's like a, exactly. It is a team, but it's one-on-one, right? Yeah. Okay, and I was a swimmer, so that's completely different, right? Right. So, so let's go deeper with this, Rick. Yeah. So when we talk about, what, first of all, what is sports? Is, is billiards, is pool sport? I would say a sport is any physical activity where you are competing against yourself or someone else. And it, and it can be yourself, like in swimming, if you're trying to beat 
a time. You're not competing against one person, mm-hmm. but you're trying to beat a particular time. Uh, or in golf, if you're trying to lower your score. So you don't have to play. It doesn't have to be competitive against another person or team. It can be competitive against yourself. But I think, I think a physical activity, either in a team or in isolation, where you're competing against something, that to me is a sport. And I think there's... And a physical activity. So yes. video games wouldn't count. I No, they do not count. <laughs> I do not think that counts. Um, Although people can break a sweat while they're playing. Well, they, some people claim it is a sport, right? Yeah, so for sure. Because, it, because there's arenas to watch it. I, yeah. From that yeah. level, there's you know it's a virtual sport. And there definitely is something to be gained from, I think, playing video games. There's definitely some crossover into the endoscopic world. I don't know if you've noticed that in spine. Yes, yes. But, but when it comes to cranial... Um, I think doing endoscopic work, uh, it, it is a lot like a video game where you're looking up at a screen and you're making moves on your hands and you're not directly looking into the field like an open surgery. That's a skill set that takes a little bit of time and it is like playing a video game where you're, you're not directly looking into the field, you're looking at a screen. Um, and so, I, I mean, there is a benefit to playing video games, I think, translating into endoscopy. But, you know, for this talk we'll just keep it on physical well, I mean, sports there's yeah the dimensions like the physicality there's the contact element there's the team element there's the competitive element they're all different right so so sports can be defined broadly of course baseball football basketball nobody disputes those as soccer right nobody yeah. makes a dispute about that yeah. but i prepared for this podcast actually i um and i never do that i was watching on netflix you watch netflix mm-hmm. cheer no i haven't seen that <laughs> okay that? so it's a it's a mini series they follow the um navarro a uh, junior college cheer team, which is the number one cheer team in the country. They wow. have 12 national titles, and it's in, of course, Corsicana, Texas. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I'm going to watch, and people are probably thinking, oh, you're preferred to watching cheerleaders. No, no, no. <laughs> I, I, it came up on my feed, like, you might like this. So I, I started watching. And this is intense. For sure. And I think there's a lot, I think that the number one lesson from sports, it doesn't matter what level you play at, is the, it's the dedication. Yeah, which. Yeah. If you're playing a sport, especially at a high level, be it varsity in high school or college or semi-pro or even pro, you have to be committed to that craft. Whatever sport that's going to be, I remember playing college baseball, you were up early, you had practice, you had workouts, you had to you know, prioritize getting your schoolwork, your social life in place. And so I think the dedication that goes into sports at, at any level translates well into surgical residencies because there is dedication and if you're going to be a a a neurosurgery resident you're going to have to make sacrifices you're going to have to make that a priority it can't just be a hobby if you're going to be good at it and you need to put in the time and the effort to perfect your craft just like any other sport and if it's a team sport even more so because you learn how to interact with others you learn how to work towards a common goal all part of residency and so in my experience, uh, obviously there are you know, um, um, exceptions, but I think in general, people who play team sports, in my opinion, make better residents, all other things being equal, because they have experience working with others, they have experience making sacrifices, working towards a common goal, mm-hmm. and perfecting their craft. I think it's a big, big positive when I see that in an application. So Michael Puzo always used to tell us at USC that uh, surgery is an athletic endeavor. It is a physical contact endeavor in the sense that, you know, you're, you're doing physical things like you said, me under the therapy. But let me bring a different dimension onto this. So part of most sports involves some element of coaching. 
So you could argue that the coaches are the attendings and the players are the residents. Do you feel like, like maybe that's part of it, that the folks that are used to being coachable or are coachable mm. are better residents because they're teachable? Absolutely. I think that one of the worst characteristics of a resident or an attending or really anyone is someone who's not able to take criticism, right? If you give someone constructive criticism and you're not being malicious, that person in any context should want to better themselves. And I think by playing team sports, or again, any sport in general, you're gonna be used to coaches, trainers, people telling you what to do in an effort to get you better. So it's no different than if an attending tells you how to do something during a surgery, you should interpret that as positive, constructive feedback. And if you can't take positive feedback, then you have no business being a surgeon. Negative or, feedback. Yeah, of course. Negative feedback, right? I mean, negative or positive. I mean, if, if like if someone is telling you, look, in order to get better, this is what I would do. If you're if you take that as an insult and you get and you get worried about someone telling you how to do something better, then you're not going to make a good surgeon of any kind because you have to be able to yeah. take criticism and and use that. I mean, because I mean, no one goes into residency knowing how to do neurosurgery. You have to take baby steps and then eventually know what you're doing after seven years. So I think taking criticism and turning it into a positive is a big positive uh, characteristic of residents, and you learn that through sports. Exactly. I mean, so I'm the new guy on the team. I'm an intern right now. So if I'm operating with a chief resident, if I'm operating with an attending, and they're not saying a thing about my technique, they're not saying, oh, hold your hand that way, hold the instrument like this, this is a little That's safer. Right, because obviously I'm not perfect. I'm not doing it perfectly, so that means they don't care if they're not giving me that feedback, or they don't think that I can listen, they don't think that I'll take their words to heart. Um, if I'm not constantly hearing, oh, here's, here's a trick, here's a move that I like, I get worried. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And I would say, you know, something that I've seen also is that someone who has achieved greatness in sports almost always is going to translate that into surgeons. The number one characteristic of a resident is the, is the drive to be great. A resident who wants to show up to work, operate and go home, and doesn't aspire to be great is always going to be limited. That's going to be a nine-to-five job, and that's not going to make an exceptional resident. So let me, let me ask you a question that may be difficult for you to answer. Now, if you had the whole of America, let's say, or the world to choose from, and you could pick a cadre, a team of 21 guys to be your residents, right? And what sport would you look at? Like, what would be the ideal sport in preparation? Now, baseball, I can't pick baseball. Do your right? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I would pick football. Um, I played football in high school, and I think that you mentioned earlier, like, the contact, physical nature of football and the fact that every play you get knocked down and you have to get up and play the next play and you got to go until the whistle blows I think there's a lot to be said for that it's very character building um, it builds not only physical strength but also mental strength and there's definitely a lot of my approach to life that I learned from football the fact that if you get knocked down you don't stay down you get up and you play the next play and eventually you'll win mm. and so I think in my opinion football uh, is the sport that kind of helps the most. But yeah, what I like about football, since you bring it up, is that like there's some sports that I don't want to 
piss anybody off, but like in basketball, a good basketball player can pretty much play any position, and it's pretty interchangeable. Now I know there's differences, mm-hmm. but pretty much a guy who's really good, they can play every position. Football's not like that, no. right? People are good at certain things, and they can really take that to the to the nth dimension, right? Yep. To the extreme, right? They, I mean, you find out what you're good at. You have to you have to identify what your talents are and focus on that. And if you're you know, if you're not good at microsurgical technique, you don't become a skull-based right. surgeon. You go into something else. Um, and so I think knowing your limitations, knowing what your strengths are, just like you said, that applies to football and it applies to neurosurgery. The other thing I really like about football, and I know it's true across some sports, is it's really difficult to be a true diva. Now, mm-hmm. we, Kobe Bryant just died. Right, but we know that. For example, I'm going to pick on basketball again. Right, we know that in basketball, even though it's a team sport, there are definitely some real divas. Mm-hmm. Right, that they are the center of the team, and without that person, if they don't show up, and suddenly the team falls apart. Right, and that's not really the case in football. Right, not at a high level. Anyways. No, yeah. I think uh, one of the one of the best things about football, or the best example, would be someone like Tom Brady. Tom Brady. Many people would argue is the greatest quarterback of all time. I think there's very little doubting that after his sixth championship last year. Never been the highest paid quarterback in the NFL. Mm. This is a guy who always took a lower salary to get better players around yeah, him. Yeah, I love that. And stories. so that's an example of someone who d- puts the team before himself. And that's what you want to see in your residents. That's what you want to see in your faculty. You know, everyone likes to be successful. And obviously your own accomplishments are important. I'm not, I'm not putting that down. But your department, your residency, your institution takes priority. And having the mentality of all boats shall rise is by far the most important view to have. You can't just be looking out for yourself because in a team sport, you won't end up winning. And in neurosurgery or really any surgical specialty, if you're focused on yourself and not the rest of the team, you're not going to win as well. Something else I always think about, you know, we're, we're comparing these different sports Something like basketball, something like soccer, there are plans, there are plays and strategies, but it, it's more free form. You know, the clock starts and the ball's going back and forth and, and they make plans and strategies on the fly. Whereas with something like football, every play, you line up, you start fresh, here's the plan. Everybody lines up, exactly like in the OR. You roll in, here's the plan for the case, here's what we're going to do, a, a, a defined order of steps, mm-hmm. right? So. You know, so that's absolutely true. But what about for our listeners who want to be neurosurgeons, but they didn't, they weren't athletic, right? So what what do you say about those people? Uh, like, I mean, of what? course, it's not it's not the kiss of death. I right. Mean, there are um, there are plenty of amazing neurosurgeons that haven't played sports. So it's not that it's the kiss of death. It's just that I feel like it translates and it makes it easier. I think, as I alluded to before, uh, what's going to make a great resident and make a great neurosurgeon is someone who's never satisfied. The moment you say, okay, that's good enough, Mm. guess what? You're gonna fall back, and if you're not moving forward, you're moving backwards, and someone's gonna do it better than you. So you need to have a perpetual drive for perfection. You need to have a perpetual drive to be great, and the fact that you're working on your craft. I mean, Kobe Bryant said it all the time. I'm sure you've heard all of his interviews now, just talking about how he had a lot of talent, but what made him great is the same thing that made Michael Jordan great, the same thing that made Jerry Rice great. Those guys are up at five in the morning and they're practicing. And Kobe Bryant wins a championship, he takes a week off, and then he's back in the gym at five in the morning working out. And that type of drive 
applies to neurosurgery. The best neurosurgeons are not just talented, but they work incredibly hard. And that could be in the lab, learning anatomy, that could be reading anatomy, that could be going to conferences, that could be, you know, it's just that whole mentality of I'm never good enough and I need to continue perfecting and the work ethic behind it, I think that's what people going into neurosurgery need to have. If they have it through sports, amazing. If not, you just have to get it through some other avenue. Yeah, I mean, so mm-hmm. that that's such a huge aspect that athletes bring to the table is the discipline to run drills. Because drills aren't sexy mm-hmm. and drills aren't fun. Everybody just wants to show up on Saturday and play the game. But if you want to win the game, mm-hmm. you have to get ready for it. And you, you, know, you talk about people who weren't athletic. I'm a musician as well. And when you're learning an instrument, you practice over and over and over and over again the moves of the instrument. Translate that to surgery. Um, when I was a medical student, I would start coming to the OR here in Miami, mm-hmm. and everyone would tell me the OR is not for learning. The OR is for surgery. So what things do medical students do? Who said that, by the way? Your residents. They said yeah. that? Oh, yeah. OR is not for learning. <laughs> I'm learning in the OR. <laughs> well, not, not the basics, right? So oh, if the medical God. student's going to help close at the end, okay. I shouldn't be learning how to tie a knot in the OR. For sure. I can go home and practice that and drill and for drill sure. and drill, right? So, and the teams that win in sports are not the most talented teams. It's the ones that prepare the best. Okay. So mm. this can be a little intimidating, right? So what about playing sports at a low level? Still helps. It's still, still applicable. Helps. At 100%. It still helps. I think... Going through the routine of practice, learning a skill, competing against someone or something, seeing how you do, going back to the drawing board, working, perfecting, and continuing to improve yourself doesn't necessarily need sports. But, I mean, also playing an instrument, I think, is absolutely, you know, it's also very tangible. Yeah, music's a whole relates. other area we can right. get into. But yeah. let's say that I am in high school right now, okay, Rick? Mm-hmm. And I'm not particularly athletic. I don't have an athletic family. Nobody's pushing me in any direction. And, you know, I'm already on in years. I'm not, you know, in, in kindergarten, right? And I'm, I want to be a neurosurgeon. Yeah. Okay? I want to be the next Rick Komatar. So I'm going to pick up a sport. But maybe it's more like a hobby. Yeah. Right? What would be a good one that would be suited for us? So, I mean, very uh, maybe hard Maybe we can to, go around. Well, I'll ask. Okay, I'll ask John. John Paul, I'll tell you mine, but go ahead. Yeah, I mean, I would pick football, to be honest with you. That but would, you would pick that up, like, at the end of high school? Like, I mean, like, if you're not already in it, right? Yeah, I guess. if it's So you're talking about end of high school and well, you haven't played before. Who knows they're going to be a neurosurgeon when they're in middle school or something, right? And yeah. Um, most I, people getting into football, their parents are kind of putting them into yeah. the role, right? I think you have to be passionate about whatever you choose, and it's hard to just pinpoint one activity. I think, you know, even if you're, let's just pick something random. Your passion is ping pong, mm. right? You love ping pong. Ping pong can be very high at, level. At 100%. Crazy hand-eye coordination, yeah. crazy reflexes, but you're never going to be great at something. Okay, so Rick's telling us to play passionate. ping pong. Okay, JP, <laughs> you, we'll come back to you. JP, how about you? I mean, for, for a casual hobby, um, sport activity, I would say running. I would say lifting weights. If you want something with head-to-head conflict or competition, um, I loved fencing. It's a great whole body yeah. workout. You, you know, you talk about technical mastery. The angle mm-hmm. of your wrist by five degrees can mean getting hit or, not, or blocking successfully. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's an incredibly technical discipline, obviously. 
Um, so I would yeah. tell a person in that category that I would, and it's not a sport I play or particularly like, but I would say something like golf. For sure. Okay. And the reason you is... You play it all your life, You too. play it all your life. It's yeah. social. Uh, but, but there's something about that concentration and the ability to get up and suffer embarrassment for your mistakes. And uh, it's a social thing, right? Yeah. But I, I feel like, you know, like if you can really play golf, uh, you know, you can you can weather a lot of the things residents go through. A lot of it's, you know, like... It's emotional and, it's, and emotional. it's mental. It's mental. Golf, people who are good at golf, and that's not me, a lot of people who are good at golf say golf is... 90% mental. That focus. It's the focus. It's building just to just to block the rest of the external distractions away. And because if you think about it, you're just you're you're hitting the ball the same way every single time. How come you have good days and bad days? It's when you're not dialed in. And that can happen mm-hmm. in surgery. There are definitely days, I'm sure Mike can tell you, like if you're not dialed in, it, you know, it's not the same as the days where you're like laser focused and you have to have that the majority of the time. Well, yeah, we try to be dialed in every time, right? That's, yeah. what we, that's what we aim for. So, so you stick with ping pong? Sure. Okay. So, <laughs> so anyway, so I watched here and these, this is intense. So for most of the guys, they're, they're gay, right? And the women are unbelievable and, and they get hurt. They break bones They're I mean, it's crazy the stuff they do, right? This, I mean, it's, it's not the, that's the highest level stuff. Yeah. yeah it's not like, uh, Professional football cheerleader, not like pom poms. These people are doing the, the flips in the air, that oh, kind yeah. of stuff, right? So, I always worry. You know, we're talking about this stuff. We'll be accused of being like a bro culture thing, and we we hit it on the last podcast about this. So, for the women listening, girls and, and young ladies and women listening, this can be intimidating. It's like, okay, what am I going to play softball? Like, what do you? What do you? Is there any difference there? I mean, I don't think so. I think that women have uh, access to sports just like men do. Um, and I think that it, it doesn't have to be a physical contact sport. I personally gained a lot from football. That, that doesn't mean that it has to be a contact sport. I think playing any sport, team or individual, male or female, can, can really you know, focus on the same characteristics and, and the same traits that you need at, as a resident. I don't think that women are at any disadvantage just because they don't play football. I think that any sport will do. Yeah, like I'm thinking about one of our res- residents, Roberto Perez-Roman, who has, I think, the backstroke record for yeah, Puerto Rico, he was right? In the, he was in the Junior Olympics. Yeah, I mean, he, he has one of the fastest records in that, in, in the, you know. In the he Irish. raced Michael Phelps. Yeah. Wow. Which is pretty amazing. And if you see Roberto Perez-Roman, you tell him to do something, and it's done. There's no, there's no questioning. So this is someone who, I, I mean, I haven't asked him about it, but I would assume he got that trait from his sports. Because as a swimmer, swimmers get up at some crazy yeah. hour and they're literally swimming for hours a day. So he is an unbelievably hardworking resident who is perfecting his craft. And I, I would imagine that a lot of that drive comes from his swimming background. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That grit and, and kind of as you said before, the, the ability to cope with failure when you get knocked down to, to get back up. Uh, one of my outgoing chiefs this year, Ryan Kachansky, uh, has said to me many times he thinks one of the hardest parts of residency training, especially, you know, he's talking to me about my intern year, is that you take this cadre of people, they're type A, they're high achieving, they've been the top of their class all their life. They, they've never really faced heavy failure before. Right. And so in that cohort of people, what's the easiest way to get exposed to failure and then it's not the end of the world, you get right back up, you go at it again, it is, is sports. You lose a point, you lose a game, you come back harder next time, right? Uh, yeah, I mean, that is, I mean, sports 
are a microcosm of life, people say. Yeah. Like, you go out there, you give it your best shot. Sometimes you win, sometimes you lose. But there's always a drive to improve. There's no complacency. And that's what the true greats always say is their motivation. They're always trying to be better. And if you don't have that drive, you're not going to be good in neurosurgery. You're not going to be good in any surgical specialty because you have to perfect your craft. Okay, we're going to hit the gym now. Yeah. <laughs> Ping pong tables. Well, thank you, Rick. It's been a pleasure as always to have you on. And uh, and thank you for your time. Absolutely. We'll guys. see Thanks you on the softball field. We'll see you on the softball field June 6, 2020. Oh, yes. Uh, 17th, plug it real quick. Absolutely. 17th annual neurosurgery charity softball tournament. Nearly 50 teams around the country. Central Park raising money for brain tumor research. June 6, 2020. Be there.